everyone, and welcome back to the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. I'm Scott Spratt, a writer for Football Outsiders, which is part of the Edge Sports family. It's Thursday leading into the Week 5 games, so I'm going to run down my favorite and least favorite matchups for players this week based on factors like their home and road um, and weather adjustments and matchups and the defensive tendencies of their opponents. And to start things off, let's start with quarterbacks, where my favorite matchups for the week include Teddy Bridgewater, Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, and Chase Daniel. So starting with Teddy Bridgewater, you know he may not be a player that you're eager to start in your shallower formats. As a true talent player, he's just my 23rd quarterback for the season. The Saints seem pretty comfortable having a low passing volume offense, at least until Drew Brees gets back, certainly. But he's facing a Buccaneers team this week that I think is much stronger against the run than the pass. The Bucs are actually the number one DVOA defense against the run this season, which is obviously very surprising to me. Just 15th against the pass. And even last week when the Bucks were throttling the Rams, they still allowed more than 500 passing yards and two passing touchdowns to Jared Goff. Just in general, they increased pass plays by 4%, and they increased passing yards and touchdowns per attempt by 14% and 43%. Pretty significant. So I could see this being a breakout week for Bridgewater. You can start him in your shallower leagues, but maybe more of a deeper league option for you and also a DFS tournament option for you if you want to get a little creative there. Now, with Deshaun Watson, he's a guy that I normally have in my top five that hasn't really been performing as well um, of late, probably having something to do with the the bad pass uh, protection that he's getting from his Texans offensive line. I think he's going to get a little bit of a boost there this week facing a Falcons team whose 3.9% sack rate is fourth lowest in the league. So that should definitely help. The Falcons also increased pass attempts by 5% and increased passing touchdowns per attempt by 44%. So all around, this is a strong matchup. The Falcons are generally a better run defense than pass defense, too, like the Buccaneers. So I think Watson is looking up. And also think Watson's bad week last week may have been more matchup-related than I realized. I didn't really read the Panthers as being a very difficult pass defense, but so far this season they have been. They're the number four DVOA pass defense in the league. So could have been a tough matchup last week contributing, and this week against the Falcons, Watson should be better. Next up, we got those a couple of NFC East quarterbacks in Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott. A Wentz faces a Jets team that I think you can probably guess is a favorable matchup. They increase passing yards and touchdowns per attempt by 15% and 33%, but they actually also increase pass plays on average compared to other teams, which is a bit of a surprise for a team that just really isn't very good. So I think Wentz is going to have a lot of production in this game, even if the Eagles end up winning big late and relying more on the run late in the third and fourth quarters. Meanwhile, with Prescott, he's, he's got a much difficult, much more difficult defense to contend with here in the number 5 DVA Packers, but the Eagles were able to score some points on them last week. And then just in general, Prescott has been a much better fantasy player at home than on the road in his career. Uh, so this is t- since 2016, same number of games, about 2.6% more completion uh, percentage per game, 18 more yards per game, 0.3 more passing touchdowns per game, and then more rushing yards and rushing touchdowns per game on average at home than on the road. And so I think the positive boost he gets for playing at home in Dallas will counterbalance whatever the the, the Packers might take away from him offensively. So go with Prescott this week as a a comfortable top five option. Last week, I think a bit of an anomaly. And also that game was on the road. So it kind of of buys into that trend as well. And then finally, I'll I'll mention Chase Daniel. Uh, It looks like Mitchell Trubisky may have avoided the more serious shoulder injury that it looked like he might have suffered, but still likely going to miss this week which gives Daniel the attractive fantasy matchup against the Raiders in their number 27 DVOA pass defense. The Raiders increased passing yards and touchdowns per attempt by 16% and 62%. 
That second number there is the most in football. So I think Daniel can be a guy that if you're in a deeper league dealing with injuries like I am and I'm sure you are too, uh, Daniel can be a nice plug-and-play option for you maybe just for one week. On the bad side of things for quarterbacks, we have Aaron Rodgers, Joe Flacco, Matt Barkley, Lamar Jackson, and Kirk Cousins. Uh, Rodgers, he actually doesn't have very significant home and road splits. And in fact, over the last few years, has scored a little bit more fantasy points per game on the road than at home, which is very unusual for quarterbacks. Rodgers is is a pretty special player in a lot of respects and, and kind of defies a lot of the usual splits. But all of that said, this I think is a difficult matchup against the Cowboys. The Cowboys are neutral for completion percentage and passing yards per attempt, but they cut passing touchdowns per attempt by 12%, which is the fourth most in football. So I think Rodgers has a bit of a worse matchup than usual this week. I have him as sort of a back-end QB1. With Joe Flacco and Matt Barkley, you're probably not starting either of these guys just generally in leagues. Uh, Flacco has traditionally had major home and road splits, and obviously he's not in Baltimore anymore, but Denver is a place where I expect that trend to continue. He's on the road in L.A. facing the Chargers this week. And then Barkley, who I think is probably going to start for Josh Allen, who suffered that concussion against the Patriots last week. I mean, you're probably not starting him again regardless, but in Tennessee against the Titans defense, you're definitely not going to start him. With Lamar, I think this is a really interesting one. So last year, obviously he started the entire second half of the season, but Joe Flacco had already started both games against the Steelers last year, so Jackson has never played against the Steelers. He's facing them in Pittsburgh this week. The Steelers, I think they kind of built their defense with some additions this offseason with Jackson in mind. They added Mark Barron, the converted safety-turned-linebacker, and then drafted Devin Bush, two players who are a little bit small for linebacker but are very fast. So I think they probably brought uh, those guys in with the idea that Jackson was going to be running around out there and then trying to counter him with that. So I'm going to say the Steelers may have sort of uh, you know, planned for this and maybe a little bit better equipped to deal with him than a lot of teams. Although that said, I'm not dropping Jackson out of my top 10 this week and probably not at all the rest of this season. With Kirk Cousins, he's been actually falling a lot more than that for me of late. Even in considering true talent rankings, he's fallen from 10th at the position to 14th for me just over the first four games this season. And Cousins has shown massive home and road splits based mostly on pass attempts. His two games at home this year averaging 15.5 pass attempts per game and on the road 34.0. So, you know, more than double there. So I think you might want to just naturally say that, oh, he's on the road this week facing the Giants. He's probably going to have to pass it a lot more. But I'm actually not sure that's true because that two-game split for both sides also kind of corresponds with the types of defenses he's faced. At home, he's faced the Falcons and Raiders, two, I think, bad teams with, with gettable defenses for runners. And at home, he's faced the Packers, or in a, on the road, he's faced the Packers and Bears, two very strong teams and very strong defenses. The Giants actually have more in common as a defense with the Falcons and Raiders, and as such, I think that even on the road, this may be a big Dalvin Cook game, and I really don't want to start Cousins if I can avoid it, because I think he might go under 25 pass attempts for the game. Okay, let's pivot over to running backs, where uh, we got David Johnson, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Le'Veon Bell, and Todd Gurley with the best matchups. A lot of the best matchups happen to be the best running backs, so there may not be a ton of decisions kind of going on here. But I'll mention a couple of things, like specifically with David, with David Johnson. He's facing a Bengals team that has allowed the second most fantasy points per game to running backs so far this season, behind only the Dolphins, as you can probably expect. So obviously a great start there for him. Mixon is in that same game, and I think both he and David Johnson are going to further benefit from the fact that both the Bengals and Cardinals are dealing with a lot of injuries to wide receivers. Yeah, for the Cardinals, Christian Kirk is surprisingly going to miss this game, which kind of limits what they have going on at the receiver position. And then for the Bengals, 
already missing A.J. Green, may also miss John Ross, who left last week's game too. So this could be a running heavy game for both teams and makes them attractive options in my top 10. With Alvin Kamara and Le'Veon Bell, they face more difficult run defenses than the Buccaneers, who I already mentioned were top five in DVOA run defense, and the Eagles, who were top five as well. But both Kamara and Bell are two of the more heavily involved backs for receiving work, and so those difficult run defenses actually tend to increase their fantasy production, making them solid options for this week. For the running backs with bad matchups, that's we got Ronald Jones, Adrian Peterson, Josh Jacobs, Sony Michelle, Frank Gore, and Aaron Jones. Now, Ronald Jones was actually one of my top waiver wire pickups for the week, but that's really more about future projection than it is immediate interest. He outcarried Peyton Barber 19-9 last week and so kind of looked like a breakout guy. But there was some game script potentially involved there when the Buccaneers were way up against the Rams. And so I'm a little bit concerned that it may not be an immediate thing where Jones is out-touching Barber 2-1 to one every week. I kind of want to wait and see a little bit there. And then meanwhile, in this matchup, the facing a Saints defense that's better against the run than the past two, and has allowed the fifth fewest fantasy points per game to running back so far this season. So Jones really isn't even a great flex option, I would say, this week. But even if he has a bad game, I would hold on to him because I think his upside is an RB2 for some point this season. With Peterson, he's already a guy that's really matchup um, dependent, and he hasn't been performing particularly well even on about 10 to 12 touches a game. This week faces a Patriots team that's number one in pass defense, as you know, but is also number two in run defense and hasn't allowed a rushing touchdown so far this season except to the quarterback, Josh Allen. So don't love Peterson. He really needs those touchdowns to thrive in fantasy, and I would avoid him this week. Although you can probably start Chris Thompson in your deeper formats. Um, They may have to rely on him a little bit more than usual. With Josh Jacobs, he has an RB1 volume just in general, so you're going to like him in most weeks. This week against the Bears, they cut rushing yards per attempt and touchdowns per attempt by 16% and 48%, so not great matchups. The Bears are probably the hardest run defense to face, so you know Jacobs is going to be more of a back-end RB2. Uh, Frank Gore actually faced the Patriots last week and did well, 109 rushing yards, but it's going to probably be tough for him this week. I think that Devin Singletary may be back. He's participating in practice on a limited basis right now. But Sean McDermott also also indicated that he was pretty close last week. So I think he may be back involved. At some point, I think Singletary is going to become the primary option in this backfield. But even with him back in the mix, I think that limits what Gore can do from an upside perspective. And then with Aaron Jones, so his teammate Jamal Williams suffered a bad-looking concussion last week, and I'm pretty sure he's going to miss this game. And I think that's going to bump his volume back up more to kind of what it was earlier in the season. Uh, before they decided to sort of evenly split Jones and Williams' touches. The rookie, Dexter Williams, would probably be involved a little bit too. But anyway, I think that makes Jones more of a high, uh, a high-end running back too most weeks. But he drops for me a little bit from there, facing that Cowboys team that I mentioned are, are pretty effective against the pass, but also cut rushing yards and touchdowns per attempt by 9% each. So I think it's a pretty tough matchup there on the road for him. In wide receivers, the best matchups are Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Ted Ginn, Will Fuller, and Alshon Jeffrey, so we have two Saints and two Texans in there. For Thomas and, and Hopkins, I think you're you're probably still clearly starting them every week, but I know they haven't been as great so far this season as you would expect. I think that'll turn around for you starting this week. The, Thomas gets the Buccaneers that, as I mentioned, are stronger against the run than the pass, so I think that'll skew some extra work uh, his way. And then with, with Hopkins, he's facing the Falcons with the, their lower sack rate, which I think will help, um, and also stronger against the run than the pass. 
And then I, I threw Will Fuller into this too because I just wanted to mention that I think Kenny Stills is probably going to miss this game. He suffered a hamstring injury last week. And I think in particular that's going to benefit Fuller, who is another deep threat. Those two guys have kind of been cutting into each other's fantasy potential. So for this week, I actually have Fuller in my top 20 among wide receivers. It's a little bit of a gamble, but I think he could have a nice week with hopefully Deshaun Watson having more time to, to throw some accurate deep balls. For your worst week five matchups for wide receivers, we have uh, John Brown and Cole Beasley of the Bills, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Geronimo Allison of the Packers, and then Cortland Sutton of the Broncos. With Beasley and and Brown, they're facing that Titans defense that I mentioned earlier. Um, I would say in particular, I feel good that Brown is going to have a bad week. The Titans are number three so far this year in DVOA against number one wide receivers. For Beasley, I just, I'm not totally sure. Um, Last year, the, the you know, the Titans were a little bit gettable against slot receivers and tight ends. They just really haven't faced a lot so far this season to, to, for me to get a judge of things. The most prominent one they faced so far is Jarvis Landry, who's kind of an in-and-out guy anyway. But that week one game was just a huge beatdown by the Titans over the Browns, so I'm not really sure we learned a lot. Um, anyway, I'm still, you know, Beasley's a guy that's getting a lot of targets and I think is a good deep league PPR option. But for this week, I'm going to say he probably does have a bad matchup. Now with the two uh, Green Bay guys, Marcus Valdez-Scantling and Geronimo Allison, this is a relatively bad matchup for them on the road in in Dallas, but I will say that with Devontae Adams likely going to miss this game, I actually have both of them in my top 15 at the position. It's not a great week in general for wide receivers, so I think both of these guys are very usable even in shallow formats. Valdez-Scantling in general I think is probably under-owned because he's clearly the number two option for this team normally, but... With, without Adams there, these are clearly the top two wide receivers. None of the other guys have really been getting that involved. So I think you can plug and play them even with relatively bad matchups because they should both see a healthy volume of targets this week. And then let's close this thing up with some tight end talk. The best matchups there, we have Zach Ertz, Jared Cook, uh, Vernon Davis, George Kittle, and then the pair of Texans tight ends. Um, for Ertz and Kittle, I mean, those are both every week starter kind of guys, but this could be a good week to use both of them in DFS, even with their hefty price tags. They have plus matchups, both being at home and facing the Jets and the Browns. With Cook, I think the matchup is maybe even a little bit better, facing a Bucks team that I mentioned has that really good run defense, but they've allowed the third most fantasy points per game to tight ends uh, so far this season. So seems like a relatively good matchup for him, but don't get too carried away because Cook just really hasn't been as integrated into the Saints passing attack as I expected. And probably part of that is Teddy Bridgewater and just a team that's a little less reliant on the aerial passing game than it would be under Drew Brees. With Vernon Davis, he's a little bit complicated. So the Patriots, I mean, they're really good in pretty much every facet of defense right now, um, but they're particularly good in pass defense against number one and number two receivers where they're both top five in DVOA. So I think that may, for assuming that Dwayne Haskins is going to be starting for the Redskins, may have him rely more on the tight end and some of his kind of slot and and other shallow targets like Trey Quinn or Chris Thompson. But with Vernon Davis, you need to be a little bit careful because he's in the concussion protocol. And I I didn't see this earlier in the week, so I'm not sure exactly what his status is. But I would keep an eye on his availability. If he plays, I think he's a tight end too. But if not, uh, I mean, I think you could probably in a pinch use Jeremy Sprinkle, who's normally their number three guy. But I think you could maybe use him here. But I really don't want to get too excited about any of these Redskins they may really struggle to move up the ball against what could be a really good Patriots defense this year. And then with the worst tight end matchups, we have Delaney Walker, Dawson Knox, Greg Olson, Noah Fant, and Jimmy Graham. With Delaney Walker and Greg Olson, those are two veteran tight ends who I think that after some previous injuries have reestablished themselves as top 10 options at the position this year. 
But both of them have, I think, pretty tough matchups this week. Walker faces the Bills, who have allowed the second fewest fantasy points per game to tight ends. So it could be a, a pretty tough showing for them there. Um, could be a tough showing for that offense in general. And then with Olsen facing the Jaguars, you know, you think of the, the Jaguars as being a good pass defense because of their outside cornerback situation. But obviously with the, the kind of murkiness that's, that's been going on there, they've actually been better against tight ends with a number eight DVOA defense than they have against number one receivers, number 23 there. So this really may be a bit of a surprising game with, you know, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel's involvement more, more than Olsen's. Either way, I have Walker and, and Olsen both in the back end of the top 10 at the position, but they're not as securely there as usual, and I, I probably wouldn't be leaning toward them in DFS for this week. Okay, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It's available on both iTunes and Google Podcasts for you. And then come back next Tuesday when I'll look back at the Week 5 games and offer my favorite waiver wire picks for Week 6. Mm-hmm.